Hello, welcome to the third episode of History Slices podcast. We're happy you can join us. I'm Rachel. And I'm Jacob. And today we're going to be talking about... Uh, the Tudors. The Tudors. <laughs> yeah. Do tell. Why? Well, this is a funny topic. Um, well, funny in a like a dark, dark, pitch black humor way. <laughs> uh, because normally on this podcast, we'd be covering something a little lesser well known. Um, but I feel as Americans, as both of us are, we only really, like in school and not, are taught like the very basics of the Tudors. Because uh, they were, of course, an English uh, royal family. I have uh, to tell you, I I don't know hardly anything at all about Tudors except how it's spelled and that there are <laughs> houses that are called Tudor style. Yeah. That's all. So that's where we're starting. <laughs> all right. We're well, that's, that's good then. Um, but it's a little bit of a deviation from the norm. You know, that good to acknowledge that for case any person's listening to this and they're like oh what what the hell is this I'm like no it's all good um we like to have fun here you know let the hair down uh <laughs> but yeah no have you ever read any shakespeare oh of course yeah. yes well shakespeare he had several different i don't know series is not a good word for it but he had several different genres let's say some were comedies you know, like uh, Midsummer's Night Dream or um, some were tragedies, which is his famous stuff like Romeo and Juliet or Hamlet or Macbeth or whatever. But then he had some things called uh, histories, um, which was mainly about the War of the Roses um, and like Henry VIII or whatever, you know, Richard III, um, you know, those plays, they're all about... Um, this conflict called the Wars of the Roses. Have you heard of that? Or uh, yeah, I've heard of it, but I wouldn't be able to tell you much about anything. it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so basically, it lasted from fourteen fifty five to fourteen eighty seven. Okay, so a couple decades. Okay, <laughs> and it was a few actually, right? Yeah, quite a while, thirty something years. Yeah, and it was um, a civil war basically in England um, and very kind of formative and eventful, um, which is why any of our uh, British listeners probably would know more about this stuff than because America, we're mainly taught about American events, which follows logic, you know, like we can go on and on about, you know, the revolutionary war or our civil war or what have you, or, um, you know, like culture from like, our country, but sure, it's interesting to me to look at culture from other countries too, because I think it gives a wider um, view of the world. Right, a good perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, just to make sure I'm remembering, because I want to make sure I've got the facts straight. That's totally fine. It's like from about the middle of the 1400s to about 1480 something. Yes, from War of the Roses, Civil War four- in England. Yeah, 1455 to 1487. Got it. We're not going to be talking about them too much. That's just. This is the lead up. That's kind of like what's going on. Yeah. That's, you're setting the stage. If you've ever, I don't know if you've read or seen an adaptation of Shakespeare's Richard III. Oh my gosh. I think parts of it. Yeah. Uh, Laurence Olivier did like a very famous version back in the 50s. Well, yeah. Well, f- first thing you know is it's very much propaganda. Like it's very much like. Cause, you mean Shakespeare's work is propaganda? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
No, the historical event. Yeah, his his <laughs> his work is propaganda because the, um it came out during the time of the War of the Roses. It came, no, it came out during the time of the Tudors. Okay, and Richard III fought against um the grandfather of the current monarch at the time, Elizabeth I. Oh my goodness! Do you have a chart? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm probably doing bad. So I'm explaining this. So tell me when the Tudors were again. I'm so sorry. And that's fine. Uh, basically, and at the end of the War of the Roses. Yes. Okay. So let's, 1480. Let's, yeah. Let's start at there because okay. that's like a good. Okay. It's hard to sometimes to jump into history. It is. Um, Richard III was king, and um, Shakespeare later made a play about him that painted him as a very villainous figure. When in history he. I mean, he probably did some less than Red Bull themes. I didn't do much research on him because this is not about him. But he uh, he wasn't nearly as like devilish in, as Shakespeare's version. But he fought against um, Henry the Seventh. Yes, <laughs> I had to, I had to count, <laughs> count Roman <the> <laughs> numerals. Yeah, I had to count Roman numerals in my notes. Um, but uh, he fought against Henry the Seventh, and Henry the Seventh won and killed him at the Battle of Bosworth Bosworth Fields. Bosworth Fields. Yeah, these English names. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so Henry the Seventh became king, and he was the first Tudor king because how it works in Europe is that or at least at the time you would have different um, houses like, um, and they would be like kind of like Game of Thrones, only less soap, soap opera-y. Okay. Soapbox. And the Tudors were in power for like a while, like up until like, well, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> but, but that's when power shifted to the Tudors. Yes. Was at the end of the 1400s. Yes. When... Henry the Seventh fought Richard the Third. Yeah, and won. Yes, and that was and the, Henry the Seventh was a Tudor. So now mm-hmm. the House of Tudor is in charge. is in power. Yeah, and okay. that was the end of the Wars of the Roses. And that was the end of it. Okay. Yeah, um, okay. That's why I said that. This is just kind of like backstory. Yeah, yeah. Leading up to like kind of the main okay. what but I'm talking like, about. All right, so I don't need to really know anything about what the War of the Roses was about because I should know, and that's not what this. It's not is really about. what it's about, and <laughs> okay. honestly, it's very complicated, yeah. and there's a lot that goes into it. Okay, um, we might cover it in a later episode, but most of my research is for this episode at least. Okay, because we're all about finding small slices of history yes. that are not overly uh, not done a 30 and... year long civil war. <laughs> right um, right so you're just trying to give me some context yeah and... okay yeah. good deal mm-hmm. and in the funny enough in the grand scheme of things the tutors are a small slice of history in the sense that they weren't in power for too long compared to some other you know royal houses royal lineages if you will britain would not be what it is today without them okay for both Better and worse, as you'll see. Okay. Um, because they weren't the nicest people. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, Henry the Seventh, he, well, during his later year, because he ruled for a while, but during his later reign, he got a bit of a bad reputation because he was very paranoid about, you know, people moving against him. And he was very uh, miserly as well. You know, he taxed a lot of people for. Including, like, there, there weren't any, like, there wasn't much nepotism um, in the sense that, like, you know, you could be related to him and still not be exempt from, like, 
heavy taxation for whatever it was you were doing and stuff. So needless to say, when he finally passed away, people were like, okay, cool. Thank God his successor is now in power and he's much more popular. And that's Henry the eighth, who is a well-known name in history. Um, Henry the eighth. I am. Yeah. 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 Well, Funny you submit in the song because that, <laughs> that, that plays a major part later, but we'll get to that. Wow. I'm really excited about that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm really happy for coming to this because I, I love this story. I don't know why. But no, um, before he died, Henry VII, Henry VIII was actually the, the second eldest son. Uh, he was the brother of Henry VII? No, no, no. Oh, I'm I was sorry. I was, I, was <laughs> kinda, I was interrupting myself. So Henry the Seventh ha- had two sons okay. of, of, of note to the story. The first was Arthur, and the second was another Henry, Henry the Eighth. Um, though he was at the eighth then, Arthur was um, betrothed. That's it to um, Catherine of Aragon. Aragorn, 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 Aragorn is the Lord of the Rings character. So I think it's Aragorn, <laughs> um, and uh, he. Arthur uh, passed away. Um, and so Henry, because marriages back then were done for like political reasons. So Henry the seventh wasn't as like, Oh, well he was like, well, no, I want one. I want this tie to his family. Cause Catherine, to Aragon, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause he wanted the alliance with Spain, uh-huh. um, you know? Oh, then Aragon. Okay. Oh, maybe that's how it's yeah. pronounced. Oh, that's good. I know which it is now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Even though Arthur passed away, uh, Henry the Seventh still needed or wanted that tie. Yeah. So did he then say, "Well, that son's gone. Take this one instead." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's how the attitude was at a time. You had an heir and you had a spare in case something happened to <laughs> yeah. the heir. You know. Yeah. I know it's a bit, and from our perspective, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But from our perspective, it's a bit. Um, Grim. Callous, yeah, in the sense that it's like, well, no, they're your kids, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you, said, you see at them as more than just a political tool. Right. But at the time, that's the reality of um, nobility and yeah. like the um, in Europe and, and also elsewhere. lifespans and yeah, people just didn't live as long. Yeah. There's a lot of and then probably the nobility. Story. They, you know, people probably you know, tried to assassinate or, you know, their lives are more at risk because mm-hmm. of their power. Yeah. And the fact that this is still a time period where war was seen as a glorious patriotic thing, as opposed to nowadays, which is a terrible, horrible thing that should be avoided at all costs. Yeah. There it was like, it's been a while. We <laughs> should, you know, let uh, me prove myself. Exactly. Drumming up a war. So going back to, um, so Henry the seventh mm-hmm. lost his first son. Mm-hmm. So the wedding to Catherine couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. So it got Catherine ended up marrying um, young Henry. Do you have any idea how old Catherine herself was? Just out of curiosity, it's okay if you don't know. No, I don't. Okay, <laughs> but Henry the soon to be eight. He was. He, he was. He like was a, younger. He was a boy, or yeah. Well, he was. Yeah, he was younger, but it. AIDS isn't necessarily the most relevant in the story. Okay. I just of, wondered if the, you know. No, I get to. It. It's a good question. <laughs> I should have wrote that down. That's okay. I have, that's like, okay. Just because just... you said the way you said he was young, I was like, oh, was it like it he wasn't was like 10? It, no, it wasn't like a, a creepy thing, or at least okay. not what we would call creepy. Right. Well, or back I, then it wasn't even like 
I mean, marrying your brother's widow is kind of creepy, I guess. But uh, Henry, who became, who obviously Henry VII passed away, his son Henry VIII took the throne. People liked him because he was very popular and he was very generous with money. And he was very friendly and very generous with favors. Um, he was also very pro-Catholic. Like he was considered like, he was on good terms with the Pope. You know, he was considered like one of those defenders of the faith. Because you have to understand, in Europe at the time, the Protestant Reformation was going on. So there was a lot of kind of that division and schism between people who were very loyal to the Catholic Church, which has been the case for centuries at this point, and people being like, I don't know about this. I think that, you know, like, they had their own ideas and kind of were breaking away from it. Um, It's amazing how this is, there's just so many things that are tied in here. Mm-hmm. Well, Europe is is a difficult history to get into, especially during like this time period because it is all very interconnected. Yeah, yeah. Um for because honestly, it's not the biggest continent, but so much it's so dense. Yeah. Uh so dense. <laughs> but so much has happened that it it happens that it it there's a lot. Yeah. Um I hope I didn't get you off track with that no, comment. No, me off track? <laughs> Never. So Anyways, uh, young Henry VIII, he kind of kept bumping into trouble because, one, he kept giving away a bunch of money, and his advisors were like, you can't keep giving away money. Uh, and, two, he really wanted to go to war with France because that's what English kings did at the time is go to war well, with France. then also if, I mean, this is this is a little embarrassing. This I can see where it, I'm just like publicizing my ignorance. But, that's fine. So that's what I do every He's day. English. Yeah. She's from Spain. Mm-hmm. France is right in between them. Yes. So they're making a French sandwich, basically. Kind of. And Spain probably had a lot of money at that time, too. So maybe he was giving away some of their money. I don't know if that pertains to, you know, if that um, plays into anything. I don't know if he was or not. I mean, honestly, I would not be surprised. But I think it was more of a diplomatic, like, hey, we're now kin kind of a thing more than anything necessarily financial. But... I see. The thing you have to understand, and I feel like I'm going to say that a lot over the course of this podcast, uh, well, it wasn't in Britain at that time, but England and France have had a rivalry for centuries. Okay. Uh, in fact, it isn't until like recently, like the last couple hundred years, that they've kind of cooled off a bit on that. But for the longest time, they were chief rivals. Um, they both had like massive empires spanning all over the place, you know, in Africa and where else, you know, eventually in um, the new world and stuff. And they're both very, um, they're just like chief rivals, you know, Uh, was it quite like. So at this time when I'm sorry, just interrupted. No, 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 it's fine. At this time when Henry VIII was like, he was wanting to go to France. Mm -hmm. It was probably just like sort of kicking a hornet's nest. Like it's not like there was already. Uh, tensions probably mm-hmm. that had been ongoing. Well, they've or... had they warred in the past for quite a bit, but okay. it was so it's not like the first war that. No, was. no, it it was the opposition to it, at least among his own court, was less. We don't want to take off France and more. This is going to cost a lot, and uh, there's no real point to it. And other you're already than so busy giving away your, money. Yeah, other than your own personal glory, because huh. that's what that's okay. what it was wow. ultimately. Is he wanted to be remembered by okay. history which 
Mr. Success, but, uh, but, <laughs> but he wanted to be like, um, you know, like, oh yeah, that guy, he invaded France, stuck it to those, uh, you know, those French bastards or whatever it yeah. is. Oh, I'm sorry. They don't talk like that, but whatever. Um, this is where Cardinal Wolseley comes in. Uh, Thomas Wolsey, he has kind of a funny name, or at least by, I think our standards, but he, uh, he was a cardinal. He was a bit older than um, Henry, but they were friends. And Wolsey kind of helped him get more direct power because he thought, hey, if I can gain favor with the English king, you know, like I can get more like status. He's on good terms with the Pope. So like so I can like. was Cardinal Wolsey a French person? No, he was English. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. But basically uh, Wolsey, he, um, he kind of helped him, him being Henry, bypass a lot of like the roadblock blocks that are put up in his way to gain what he wanted. Because keep in mind, he's still like a younger guy. He's more into jousting and like having okay. parties than actually like ruling. Okay. And Wolsey was like, well, here, let me take care of all that. And I'm sorry, because I was trying to make sense. So the reason why Cardinal Wolsey wanted to be on his good side was just simply because it would be good to be on the side of the person in power, like to be, it was, friend an, it was ambition. Well, he knew that, um, Henry the eighth was on good terms with the Pope. Okay. And of course okay. he's a Cardinal. So, you know, it's yeah. like kind of, it's social networking basically, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what it is in the 15th century. Yes. Okay. Um, but Wolsey, he was saying how like, hey, I, I'll take care of all the responsibilities and stuff. You know, he started making um, it. So um, like, cause normally like his advisors would have to sign off on things and Wolsey started making it so that like through just working the system so that they didn't have to sign off. And it was just like Henry just gave it like the stamp of approval or disapproval as the case may be and kind of cut out the middleman. Which would be all the advisors. Yeah. And yeah. like kind of the people who are well, like, cause keeping everything in check. Yeah. Kinda. Cause he's like, um, basically telling Henry that you have more power than you think you have, you know? And Henry, he, well, he jousts and plays with his friends and stuff and has fun. Uh, Wolsey's like the guy is kind of like keeping the finances in sec and like making sure that like the uh, kind of anachronistic trains run on time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like his number two. And they did go to France because of, you know, because Henry started getting things where he wanted very briefly. Like they didn't make any significant like territorial changes or anything like that you know that's usually how it turned out uh was like they get a bit of land and a few years later like okay you can have it back and you know it was a bit of a back and forth thing but it was very it was very cost um a bit of a money sink and it was unpopular and so Wolseley talked with henry is like how about instead of the great conqueror you're known as like someone who's like a good peacemaker or whatever you know like why don't you talk it out with the king of france at the time who was um i'm using the english pronunciation but it's probably said something different in france francis the first might be like i don't know francois yeah francois <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah no but it's like why don't you talk it out and so they did that in 1520 uh it was 
this event called the Field of the Cloth of Gold, which is a bit of a mouthful, but basically it, it was like a it was like a big get together, you know, like they had a bunch of tents and a lot of like celebrations and kind of stuff. And Francis the First was basically the Prince Henry the Eighth. Like they were very similar in that they're both young rulers, both hot headed. They both kind of very well, I'm the best. No, I'm the best. I'm you know. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really work out so well because you put those two together and it kind of just butt heads. That's interesting. For a second I thought you were gonna say like they were um, about the same age and all that other stuff there. So they're kind of similar. So they both saw this opportunity so being young to mm -hmm. make kind of a change in the history oh, no. that had been, Oh no, you know, that's, that is farthest from their <laughs> mind, right? Now. It's basically just a, um, a pride thing, you know, them trying wow. to one up each other. And that's wow. just, that, that's the reality of, of um, England and France's relationship yeah. was, it was like, uh, and I know it's very simplistic to think. Of course, you know, like, yeah. I'm simplifying oh, I'm, this a lot. Uh, yeah, for my sake, I understand. Yeah. But and for me to think that they were like, oh, let's put, you know, bury the hatchet basically between our con mm -hmm. countries and uh, start anew, mm -hmm. start fresh, just because you know young people are pretty optimistic a yeah. lot of times. Well, I mean, you do see that sometimes in history. Like it's not quite the same thing because time is different, uh, context is different. Yeah. But during the Cold War, you know, like. If it wasn't for Gorbachev, like trying to be more of a um, not crazy person, you know, like actually like sitting down and talking with Reagan yeah. as opposed to like, you know, earlier like Khrushchev saying, yeah, you know, it's it, two hard headed sides. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you need like uh, uh, a more moderate I have right. voice, but right? But you, this wasn't the case. No, you in, don't always get that, especially yeah. not at this time where it's people are really well. We nowadays we'd call nationalism, but I think they probably called it didn't call it that then. Um, but people are like, you know, well, I'm English, and I've always been English, you know, and and this is before Scotland was like part of like that was its own separate thing too. Keep in mind, so it's not like even the the it's not like Britain, like we know now, you right, know, right. That's like kind of stuff going on in this early. So, well, let me, t can I ask you to go back just in case I got you off track? You're talking no, about the fine. field of cloth of gold. The yeah. Field of cloth of gold. Yeah. So that was an attempt to kind of uh, be peacemakers or whatever, yeah. but it blew up. Like it didn't actually work like it was yeah i mean temporarily they gave well, this a the, shot the, then... the brief war and i kind of has they called a war because it was more of just like a a pride thing you know it wasn't it was like once it became inconvenient it kind of ended you know okay uh it's but, like an altercation yeah size. something like that i mean it it's one of those things that's like their mindset was very different because it sucks for people who are like forced to fight over yeah, the, same, something same. that doesn't yeah. matter ultimately and won't amount to anything so it started they they attempted it but sort of half-heartedly it didn't uh, work they yeah. decided they really do dislike each other or whatever and... yeah and kind of agree disagree okay <laughs> yeah um basically i'm just talking about his early reign but the the next big thing which i think is like the beginning of what he's most well known for is trouble with the Habsburgs. Now, do you know the Habsburgs? The Habsburgs and McCoys? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no, um, no I've, that sounds like a familiar uh, name, but I, uh, 
they were a family that basically married into all the royal families. Like they were very um, all over the place. There's a lot of, and this was kind of common for European nobility in general at the time, but it was especially kind of noteworthy with them. There's a lot of inbreeding because of like the whole fixation on bloodlines and stuff like that, which now we know is like, really bad from like a genetic standpoint yeah. <laughs> but then they didn't really have yeah. like quite that understanding the um the current holy roman emperor charles v was a habsburg um and the current holy roman emperor yeah, was a habsburg which is be- before germany or at least the germany that we know now there was the holy roman empire which is kind of a common joke among like history buffs that the holy roman empire was not Roman, not really an empire, and kind of not really all that holy. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, uh, the Holy Roman Empire is like a subject that we could, like, it's, yeah, you could write a whole, a whole book thing. about. But it's what basically was the guy's a, name again? Charles V. Charles V. Yeah. And okay, basic, and he was, ru- he was the ruler, the emperor of Rome. Uh, well, the, it wasn't Rome. That's well, the thing. Of, uh, Holy Roman Empire. Okay, the whole empire. I know, it's it's weird. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's basically, it was a bunch the of... The whole Roman Empire. <laughs> Holy. No, I know, but oh. the entire, the Roman Empire, just sorry, this just to clarify for me. Yeah. So the Roman Empire, when I think of the Roman Empire, was always called the Holy Roman Empire, and sometimes we just don't say no, holy, they're or different. there was, they're distinct. They're okay. distinct. I know it's very okay. confusing. Um, the Holy Roman Empire is basically where modern day Germany is, and like a bit more. Really? Yeah. You're, it wasn't the, bigger than that? Well, I mean, it was, but okay. it wasn't like... It wasn't. It like was it. like in the middle of the continent. It wasn't in the Mediterranean. Got where it. the Roman Empire you're thinking of, yes, uh, is the famous much one. Bigger. Yeah, okay. the Holy Roman. And I, that's fascinating. I yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so the guy was he was a Habsburg. Yes, which is a, a family that basically married into like a bunch of the. You know, they were prominent. Yeah, um, it sounds like a German name. It does about the um, thing with the Holy Roman Empire. As a side note, is it was basically a bunch of very small like kingdoms and like towns and factions, if you will, that all kind of loosely was part of one entity. It's a bit like, imagine if it's like the United States only with like about like a couple hundred more States and they're really small. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Kind of like that. Um, but and that's why some people joke it's like eh, I don't know how much of an empire it is more of just like I have a yeah it, they're just like a whole conglomerate yeah historical reason why this is and like yeah. how the church yeah. is involved because the church is always involved yeah. at this time. Um, but anyways, so there's a bit of trouble because there's a deal between Henry the Eighth and Charles the Fifth, and Henry the Eighth would uh, um he he had a daughter with Catherine and he was a bit bummed about that because. Henry VIII really wanted a son, but he's like, well, I can um, basically use my daughter as a political tool. So he promised Charles V, hey, you can have my daughter as your wife if you help me get back at France. He still got because he still got that France. <laughs> he still got the France fever, you know, on his mind. French fever. <laughs> uh, and uh, Charles was like, OK, sure. Yeah. So h- how it was explained to me, like. I want a bunch of videos and stuff on it, but basically what happened in a very incredibly simplified version, 
Edward invaded France. It, it, it caused some mischief, and Charles did uh, basically squat all, like nothing. Okay, so you just said Edward. I'm sorry, Henry. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm like, who? Jeez, now I, who's Edward? <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it all these names? So, so Henry himself invaded France. Yeah, because they had a deal to like kind of do yeah. a pincer thing. So did he give his daughter up in marriage first, and then he invaded no, he, France? So he invaded France. Charles did nothing. Yeah, and then uh, Charles was like, "Hey, man, sorry." You know, he's like, they tried again, like later. Charles still didn't commit he tried a third time and edward or edward henry <laughs> the henry he's like you know what screw it i'm not going to play this game and then charles committed <laughs> and um like caused some serious like damage you know to the friends oh my gosh i know right but without but without after he's henry, already, henry's yeah, already yeah. taken yeah. away the promise of his daughter yeah yeah and, uh, i mean the marriage was canceled because yeah obviously like but wow. it was a bit of a um was a bit of a, a mess and at this point henry is very frustrated because and mainly about this is I've been addictive of him. He was very frustrated at his wife, Catherine, because of a few reasons. One, she didn't give him a son. She didn't give him a son. <laughs> and two, she's, she is the aunt of Charles V. And it's the, the queen's duty to keep the foreign in-laws in line, basically, to keep wow. them from like being uh, like So wait, I might have a little bit of a brain cramp she's the aunt of the guy that her daughter was so basically she's going to be marrying a cousin she would have been marrying a yeah cousin. and that was very common among yeah. them. like i said they, they there's a lot of inbreeding yeah um wow yeah anyways so he wanted a divorce which i, I don't know if you know too much about catholic thought at the time but divorces aren't really a thing that's no, like they're they can have marriages annulled. Yeah, but which is different because an annulment of your marriage means it was never consummated. Basically, right? means it never happened. Right. Regardless if it did or didn't. But if you have a child, officially, yeah, obviously. That, but uh, from like a official standpoint, it never happened. Right, right. Even though if it clearly did happen. Right. Um. But isn't that bizarre? Because he had this good relationship with the Pope, mm-hmm. and. He yeah he wants to do something there very was, un-Catholic. There was also another factor that I had neglected to mention until now. One of Catherine's maids and uh Borlin, Anne Borlin, Henry had the hots for, <laughs> and Anne was a bit of a social ladder climber, you know. Oh. She was very intelligent. She was very pretty. Uh, from like the counts at the time, he is. I mean, he might. Henry had a lot of mistresses at the you know which. Is kind of the double standard of the time, you know. It's like if you keep it hus hus, like the 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 king gets the mistresses, but like the queen has to be faithful, you know. Yeah, but that's nice. Huh? Yeah, but Anne, I don't know if she was like Henry wanted Anne to be like official, like my partner, as a, opposed yeah. not just like a uh yeah. uh like a side thing, right? So there's also like like he sent her a lot of like kind of um scandalous letters and stuff so there's like also that as well which you know is a bit of a more i mean it's all selfish wow. but it's a bit more of a at the time would be seen as selfish re- reason for wanting to divorce Catherine. 
so he he told Wolseley, the Cardinal, his friend, uh-huh. like, hey, I want, I want Can to you help me do something. Yeah, about I, this I want, situation. How, yeah, I want to divorce my wife, but you know, don't keep it on the down low because I don't want a big scandal here. And of course, Wolseley messes that up, and all of Europe finds out. Because uh, <laughs> what happened was he sent like, um, he sent like. Like in a like a, a a letter or what have you, you know, to the Pope in saying, "Hey, that again, hey, <laughs> yeah." And of course, like um, Charles V got wind of it, and of course, he's like, "Oh, I'm going to tell everyone." <laughs> so it's just like uh, basically, Wolseley got fired for lack wow. of a better term. He got like um, he got the boot. He got the boot, and in fact, died not long after. I don't think it was foul play or anything. I think it was just like disgraced and he was old and you know wow. so it sucks to be him but <laughs> uh but no he but um, now also for henry the eighth so he still has his problem but now everybody knows about it yeah and so now there's a divorce trial which is a thing where it's like well let's see if your reasons for wanting to get a divorce are legitimate in the eyes of god or whatever uh and he actually did have a defense in the sense that he argued that because his father had him marry his brother's widow that that was um, unlawful in the eyes of God, basically. Like he was citing some scripture in the Bible or whatever, you know, and he was saying how like, so it should not have ever happened. Um, However, and I don't know if we know how this happened. I think it was just some anonymous source. Um, those scandalous letters I mentioned earlier end up finding their way surfaced. to the pole. <laughs> yeah, surfaced. And, and it kind of became less of like, a, okay, well, <laughs> maybe, yeah. but you also clearly want to be with this other girl. Yeah, you know? yeah, interesting. Yeah, and keep in mind. At, but like, that was the only thing he, he, only grounds he could come up with was that. Yeah. Wow. But keep in mind, it's also like. Um, I bet she wanted to let him go, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go on, move on. I don't, I don't want you here anymore. Yeah. Keep in mind, up until this point, um, Henry had been very pro-Catholic. Like all his life, you know, defender of faith against right, right. like infidels and Protestants and like people who aren't Catholic. Um, Anne Berlin was Protestant. Which is, I think, really interesting. It is. But um, in that, you know, so you had a lot of, uh, at the time, they were new ideas, modern ideas, you know, more kind of a progressive yeah. stance on some things. Stuff that nowadays is not really seen as progressive. Um, more of just like, well, yeah, obviously the church shouldn't take your money, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, because this is still like at a time where like the, a lot of the income the church was gaining was like, through tithes and through like, you know, um, Hey, you want to buy your way out of debt yeah, or yeah, uh, yeah. sin, yeah. you know, and stuff <laughs> like that. Soul debt. I don't know what you call that. The funny thing about Henry is cause like, and, and you see this with a lot of people in history where they're low and in life, honestly, where they're really loyal and into one thing until they don't get what they until want. Until they don't get what they want. And it kind of becomes like a, you see kind of where their true loyalties lie. It became very clear, uh, at least to me reading through this, that Henry's loyalties was to Henry <laughs> and not so much. It's not so much to church. the Catholic church. Yeah. Or even necessarily the Protestant church as we'll get into, but he, he broke away from it. Um, he got a lot of scholars and theologians and stuff and be like, well, if I can't divorce my wife for, through Catholic means, then I'm going to just form my own church of England 
and say I, that I can divorce my wife. Because what are they going to do? Excommunicate me? I don't care. You know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, he did. I mean, this is kind of getting a little ahead, but he didn't mix like different ideas. Like he kept some Catholic stuff, like, you know, confessions and mass and all that. But he also took on some more kind of reformist ideas. Like, for example, he made a, uh, he had the Bible being English and not Latin. Because in, in um, Catholicism, at least at the time, the Bible is always in Latin. Yeah, for some time. For yeah. For a long, long time. And, of course, that had the effect of, like, if you didn't read Latin, you don't really know you what the Bible said. The yeah. yeah, exactly. Tell you what the Bible said. Yeah. yeah. He actually, he divorced Catherine. People were, like, a bit... Um, not okay with this. <laughs> but it's incredible how fast that must have happened. Though. Yeah. So I want to divorce my wife. So let me set up this entirely new theological platform <laughs> um, so that I can, like Church of England. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like, I mean, it's just kind of hard to wrap your head around. And now I can divorce her. I mean, it seems like such a lot to go through to divorce your wife. But yeah. He well, could have just had her killed, I guess. He could have, but I, I don't. Well, we'll get there. Okay. Uh, um, at this point, he wasn't too murdery. Let's just say. <laughs> uh, no, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. But um, to kind of put that into context, it wasn't like he made a completely new religion. He basically just restructured, some restructured things. some yeah. things that kind of broke away with the Pope and right. the Vatican and all that. Right. And he was like, "Yeah, well, that's good. Screw that, you." Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's good. No, no, but. no. I mean, that, that's good for you to clear that up because it wasn't like he had to reestablish it entirely. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like it things. wasn't like Scientology. Yeah, where he's just like, um, and, yeah. you know, like, oh yeah, no, we all worship like Zenu or something. No, yeah. it wasn't anything like that. It wasn't anything too crazy. You know, you just pissed off a bunch of Scientologists. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so carry on. Okay, um, he, um, he still jousting you know he's still kind of doing his thing he's also eating a lot i don't remember like the exact calorie count or anything how could anybody know the calorie but, count? well because they know what the menu was they know what was oh, kind of wow. typical okay. for and he's not being outside like jousting and stuff like that he's not being like the most actively active dude and so he's eating like a lot of meat and a lot of like stuff and he got out of weight, let's say, mm-hmm. out of shape, you know. Out of shape, overweight. Overweight, yes. <laughs> My brain sometimes, I just mix up stuff. So it's he's terrible. really he's getting heavy. He's getting a bit heavy, yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's going to get worse, but we'll get to that. And I'm wondering if Anne is. She's probably thinking. Does she reciprocate? I don't the know if I, or... I don't know if this is like really necessarily what I want. Yeah. Now um, that he's gone I, ahead and. Yeah, well, done all this work. For done me. all this stuff. Well, during one joust, he actually had a head injury, which um, you would think, okay, well, he's recovered, so it's not that significant, but it is, um, especially if you're into psychology like I am, and into history like I am, and you know how often complete psychopaths are born out of a serious head injury. Yeah, head injuries can change personalities. Oh and, yeah, I yeah. mean. there's definitely something to it because it's like, because that does crop up occasionally where like someone is relatively normal or in Henry's case, 
kind of a jerk, but not but like normal. Uh, too terrible. Yeah. yeah. Then he has a serious head injury yeah. um, in a jousting accident, and he be quickly spirals off into like some uh, dark places. Wow. <laughs> um. So. Anne had another daughter, and that ticked him. Or she had a daughter. He had a daughter. That ticked him off because he's like, he really wants a son. And here he goes to all this trouble to get with the girl he wants. And she gives him another daughter. And he's like, are you serious? Like he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, of course. And keep in mind, he's has a bunch of like mistresses at the time, too. So he probably has a bunch of illegitimate sons. But the... um. Anne had Elizabeth. I forgot I mentioned Kathleen had Mary, but you know, that's the names of the oh, daughters. Wait. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Catherine had Mary. Yeah. And uh, Anne had Elizabeth. Okay. Yeah. Now he also, so he wanted to get rid of Anne because he was wow. fed up. Yeah. Wow. He was fed up with her and he levied a whole bunch of charges against her. Oh, um, Wow. Now, and again, like, keep in mind, like, she was, she's unfaithful, she's doing this, doing that, all sorts of stuff that he's probably doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, was, know. was she really guilty or was he just throwing charges at her? So it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she probably was a bit fed up with him too. But also keep in mind that, like, there's also beheadings going on in England at this time because people are not quite the guillotine. This no? is a bit before then, oh, okay. but. Um, no, that's like late 1700s. Oh, was that far, that far out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Cause that was invented in the French revolution. Okay. So they, there were beheadings. There were beheadings. Slice people's heads off. Yeah. Um, well, they'd have a guy who like was yeah, good at it. The but, beheader. Yeah. The executioner. <laughs> but cause what happened was a lot of people weren't too happy with like the whole breaking away from the Catholic church and stuff. Gosh. Um, but see, eventually did get be and did get beheaded. Eventually, because he was found guilty, wow, by a trial by by a jury who I'm sure was completely impartial. Wow. Um. So he had to get an, another wife. So he ended up marrying Jane Seymour, and she did give him a son, <laughs> but she also died in childbirth. Oh my So it's like it really didn't last too long, but. I'll say this, um, the next wife lasted even shorter amount of time because what happened was like he was given like a bunch of like portraits or images of like, oh, here's all the uh, bachelor bachelorettes among the nobility that you can choose from for your next wife. They, he really got to see portraits of them? Well, he got to see like descriptions of them i don't it's know if like it was a, so much of a can like you imagine we've gone from that to online dating yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so funny but All right, sorry no it's totally fine uh he picked a picture uh or picture he picked anne of cleves because he thought oh she sounds very attractive but when he saw her she thought she was hideous so he divorced her straight away terrible with, i mean i don't know she's probably so, just not as hot as anne i don't know what like, it wow. was you know what i mean but no, he straight up just divorced her because he thought it was ugly. And she didn't, she was kind of probably happy with that too because there's this overweight slob of a man 
who thinks he's all self-important. Keep in mind, at this point, he had, like, a, a leg injury. So his leg occasionally, like, oozed pus. Oh, my gosh. You know, he was just, like... My least favorite word <laughs> so, ever. Oozed? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> pus. Yeah. But you know what I mean. <laughs> Thank uh, you. So... Pus. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, so she's happy to... I'm sure probably, she was, like, yeah, yeah I'm out. Yeah. Then he married uh, Catherine Howard, who was 19 at the time. He was like 40-something. Um, she got beheaded because she was being accused of being unfaithful, which, can you blame her at that point? Wow. Um, but we don't, I mean, she's accused and I guess. Well, we don't know, but. Proven in a court or whatever. Well, but yeah, still, but, you know, wow. with, with Henry VIII as a yeah. judge, you know. Um, I'm kind of going through these rapid fire because this is yeah. where the song comes in. Okay. Uh, and then finally, he married Catherine Parr. Keep in mind, out of his six wives, three, <laughs> three of them were Catherines. Catherines. Yeah. Three of them were Anne's. Uh, uh, two of them were Anne's. Two three Anne's. of them were Catherine's. I don't know if that means anything. It could have just been popular names at the time. But yeah. Um, and she actually outlived him because <laughs> wow. at that point, he was in terrible health. He really couldn't. You know, like he's still like just a super unhealthy lifestyle, not right in the head. He tried to do one last invasion of France before he died, <laughs> which didn't go anywhere. Wow. And cost a lot of money. Wow. And um He's like a broken his life is like a broken record. Yeah, basically. And um so she survived. And there's a very famous song in um Britain. Divorce beheaded and died, divorce beheaded <laughs> survived. And that's oh, his wow. six wives. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think beheaded and died is kind of redundant, but whatever, you know. Well, <laughs> death divorced, by something beheaded, other. and died. Yeah, divorced, because yeah, beheaded, she wasn't beheaded. Survived. Yes, he wasn't yeah, beheaded. Yeah. He died in childbirth. Yeah. But um, wow. so that's where the song comes in, and you hear that occasionally if you look at like um, like hysteria that that song, horrible histories that song, a lot of like um programs for children uh, uh, about history and about like tutors use that song, you know, like horrible histories. This is a British like children's program. I don't know if it's still on, but they did a segment with Timmy the eighth seen a song. He's like divorced, beheaded, survived, or I'm sorry, divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. I'm Henry the eighth. I had six sorry wives. Some might say I ruined their lives. Wow. So yeah, it's like so a, it's kind of a, a way to remember you know? <laughs> the order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a terrible thing, but I wonder how uncommon that was for um, kings. You know how many? I mean, I mean, how common was it for a king to have one wife? That and that, I mean, maybe maybe that was more common than. It was uncommon enough that it's noteworthy in history. That's true. I mean, mistresses and unofficial. Yeah. Rampant. That's yeah. That's one thing because it's not official and like no one really cares, even if maybe they should have, but having an actual like official wife, that's like, especially in a very religious time, it's supposed to be very, um, long last, you know, permanent, permanent, um, but no, he was a tyrant at the end of it. He was just killing off people. He was just, he actually, when he designed his own cover of the Bible, I actually have a picture right here. He put himself oh, on the cover. Um, that's him in the, wow. and you all see wow. it in the corner, people being like imprisoned and stuff. That's a crazy busy picture. It's, it is, but it's also pretty indicative of the arts at the time because they usually 
are like that. But how egotistical do you have to be to put your own face on a Bible? You yeah, know? crazy. Um, it is uh, estimated that around 57 to 72,000 people were killed while he was Wait, king. 57 to 72,000? Yeah. Were killed, like, because of his orders, basically? Or, yeah, or at least, like, yeah. during his wow. reign. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, getting to kind of more of his legacy, because he definitely had one. He had, like, goals. Like, he wanted to conquer France. This never happened. He wanted a son, which he technically got, but we'll get into that. And he wanted to be remembered, which he was very much so. So it was kind of a mixed bag in terms of, like, what he wanted. Yeah. Um. Well, after he passed away, uh, his son, Jane, Jane Seymour's son, named Edward, took over. Um, and he was keen for a little bit until he passed away because he was sick and like a kid, you know, and that's just the reality. Oh, of, he died pretty young. Then. He died pretty young. He wasn't keen for very long. But um, then Catherine's daughter, Mary, became queen because there was no other heir. Uh, or at least um, wow. she was the next in line, basically. Wow. Okay. Um, and she was unlike. So she was the first. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. So she yeah. was the first wife. That was the first daughter. Yeah. So she was the heir. After yeah. After the son. Because they go uh, male first. And then when you run out of males and there's no one else, you go like <laughs> daughters, I guess. It's a, it's a, it's all very. Yes sexist now yeah. but so anyway so mary is queen, queen. yes and she was actually has a nickname bloody mary because oh. she was also very tyrannical but wow. unlike her father she was very pro-catholic and tried to like um she persecuted a lot of non-catholics then after she died again her reign wasn't like the longest Elizabeth. Did she die? Queen. Do you know? Did she die naturally, or did somebody kill her? I think it was a natural death. Okay. Um, it was just not a great time to be alive. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth became queen, and that's Elizabeth first. Who? That's Anne's daughter. Yes, and she's very famous in um in history. Um, she was Protestant and helped kind of because because her mom was Protestant. Yeah, probably, and she ended up um basically solidifying England as a Protestant country. But um, it was just such an interesting roller coaster <laughs> from a religious standpoint there. Cause he had one guy who was pro Catholic and then he wasn't, it kind of was a weird mismatch. Then you had like someone who was really pro Catholic and then someone who was Protestant and that's what stuck. Wow. Yeah. And then Elizabeth who's nicknamed the Virgin queen. Cause he never took a husband. She never, wow. that we know of, had any kids. Wow. So she ended up, um, when she died, the Tudor line ended. Um, wow. Yeah. And keep in mind, when Elizabeth was queen, put in a context, that's when Shakespeare was writing his plays. So a lot of, when he wrote about, like, the, like, the historical English stuff, like the War of the Roses, that was all Tudor propaganda, basically, because he didn't want to tick off the, the reigning monarch. All of the Tudors, by the way, were in some form tyrannical. <laughs> I mean, maybe not Edward, because he was just like a kid and didn't last very long. But and I couldn't find But even Elizabeth, the stuff. last one. Yeah, but even she was like, 
again, we're also looking at it through our lens, but through our lens, he'd be seen as very racist and very kind of bigoted towards certain people and stuff like that. And, you know, and this is still like a time period where like the monarch can just like order someone dead and it's like, well, well, that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, they're very, um, as a family, they were very, um, kind of instrumental in shaping kind of like English history. And, uh, in fact, some, I, I've read about this or heard about this somewhere. I thought it was really interesting. Some scholars think that the breakaway from the Catholic church might've inspired or set like this, the, the walkway for later, um, British, uh, Euro skepticism, which is like Brexit and stuff like that. You know, we're being like, I don't know how tied we should be to the continent compared wow. to like, because they are on an so island. So in other words, saying current events mm-hmm. could still be reverberations of. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, I mean, you see that a lot with a lot of things. And honestly, I don't know if but that's But a lot of times true, when you're in it, you can't really necessarily tell. see it. Yeah. It's sort of like. I don't know if that's true, but I thought it was an interesting observation, yeah. if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was kind of the same, well, I don't want to say same attitude because it was clearly like. It's so interesting when it comes down to two people Mm -hmm. who were married that started the whole, you know, the fraction, the fraction. Schism. Yeah. Yeah. Between the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church. It's Mm -hmm. because of this marriage that wasn't. Well suited or whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't think any marriage with Henry VIII was yeah. well suited. Yeah. He w- like he had like people paint like there's a very famous portrait of him that he ordered that basically makes him look very well endowed. Let's say he was really like wanted people to think, no, he's this manly man. He's really you know virile and you know. And in reality, he's just this giant like <laughs> like like oozing, disgusting wow. slob of a of a dictator who, you know, but it's like, like he even had like, um, like his physicians make public statements saying, ah, yeah, he's great. (laughs) He's totally per tip top, perfect health. You know, which is again, like something you also see in history with, um, tyrants like Stalin. One of the reasons why when he died, he couldn't be treated on time is because all the, um, physicians were too scared of him. All the doctors too scared because sure. he kept getting rid of them because they kept telling him stuff he didn't want to hear. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Not the smartest, but so I I want to cover this the um, the tutors despite being more well known and being more of a um l- less of a slice and more of like three quarters. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know what you're... three quarters of a slice or three quarters of the pie. Sir, I can't do math. I no, I feel like it's it's a really big chunk that actually offers some good backdrop for probably mm-hmm. a lot of other smaller slices that would yeah. be really interesting like, i thought it would be interesting to cover yeah, and like what happens next you yeah. know what happened after elizabeth the first how did it how did it stop being the tutors and you know those... yeah well like the the next um person in line took the throne but it wasn't wasn't a tutor so henry the eighth was he was he called henry tudor he was calling him. They did. They, they usually just go with like first name. They didn't have a last the name. The first name and the number. The house of Tudor. Of yeah, of that yeah, house. The Tudors, yeah, um, the Tudor house. Yeah, no. Uh, after um, 
it's a whole it's a whole debacle after Elizabeth died because James took over and he was like um, he was king of Scotland and that was kind of when they started to merge. It's like it's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> very complex. That very was, complex. That was interesting and it, and it did it was a bit of a struggle to kind of keep up with who's who and what. And what. that's one of the reasons why I didn't want. I was hesitant at first. I wanted to focus on smaller stories because it's a little easier to follow the yeah, details. Yeah, but you do need some context. You do need so. some context. And if you look at the big grand scheme of history, all, well, not exactly 6,000, but in terms of recorded history, there's around 6,000 years of it, roughly. Like they are, the Tudors are just a drop in a bucket because they only were around for like. A few generations. A, yeah, like a century. Yeah. Give or take. And in a, in a. You know, they weren't worldwide. No, no. They were very confined, like not even like to all of Europe necessarily. It was more of just an England thing, English thing. But they're very instrumental. And, you know, even here in the States, uh, you hear about Henry VIII. You know, he's known. I feel like I knew Elizabeth I was a tutor. Like, I feel like there's some connection. I don't know. Like, after that, like, there's 400 years, you know, that... I don't know the history of England. Well, at all it's not your that. country as a thing. Like if you um, were born and raised in, in Britain, you would know this stuff because they t- teach it. Yeah. In just think too, with that length of history. And here we have trouble with, with our like 220 a couple centuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Years of history. Well, I mean, we have, you know, since we're officially a nation, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's fascinating, really mm-hmm. fascinating. But I feel really like, dense i feel really stupid about not having a clue honestly don't worry about it because that's how it goes like part of the reason this podcast is to entertain but another part is to educate and inform and hey if you learn something from this and this is goes out to you too listener (laughs) uh if you learn something from this awesome you know then that means that we're doing a good job that's how i that's how i see it yeah cool well, good. I, I think that that was really enjoyable. Thanks. So, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I know it's a little different than what we've been doing. Yes. Uh, but yes. I thought, hey, variety is good. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> you know. So this has been the third episode. So for the fourth one uh, mm-hmm. that we're going to drop next week, can you share the title or the topic, I should say? Well, I'll give you a hint. How's that? Okay. Here's a hint. Okay. The hint is we're going sailing next week. Oh, I like that. A hint. And we're going sailing. Do yeah. I get to make any guesses? I mean, okay, so we just left. We're like fourteen hundred. I'm thinking, it yeah. literally could be anywhere in history. Okay, it could be anywhere. Uh, okay, cool. We're going sailing. So, yep. uh, we hope you join us next time. And I on... hope you packed a life jacket. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh my goodness! Thank you. We'll see you next week. This has been the History Slices podcast. I'm Rachel, and I'm Jacob. Talk to you soon. <laughs>